letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Monday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include looking back on 9-11 22 years later, how free meals at school are impacting parents and a tough start for the Minnesota Vikings. But we begin with Governor Tim Walz, who is not expected to call a special session to deal with what's become a controversial law that restricts how school resource officers can restrain students in a violent situation. Republicans are saying a special session would clarify the law. Josh Crossan of Ed Allies Minnesota told Blois Olson on WCCO's Sunday Take that the law is already clear. If they create this like idea that something needs to be fixed, what specifically is going to be fixed? And what I've heard is... Let's repeal the law and give adults free reign on what they can do to children. That's where we draw the line. Crossan points out that the law sailed through the legislative process with little opposition, while police organizations believe it should have been part of the public safety bill. Some law enforcement agencies have pulled their officers from school districts in reaction to the law. They believe the law isn't specific enough and it leaves officers open to legal action. Al Shock, News Talk 830, WCCO. Firefighters from around the state gathered in Belle Plaine over the weekend for the funeral of one of their own, Lieutenant Michael Gao, who was a 23-year veteran of the community's volunteer fire department when he was killed in a work-related accident. David Lehman of the St. Peter's Volunteer Fire Department was part of the motorcycle club that took part in yesterday's procession. He talked with WCCO Television. He was what firefighters are. He was caring, puts others first, uh, volunteered, went above and beyond, uh, just did everything for his community. Gao also worked 14 years for the Minnesota Highway Department. I'm Mark Fry. Today marks 22 years since the deadliest terror attack on U.S. soil, and commemorations are planned at the attack sites in New York, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And in many other places, Odyssey New York reporter Glenn Schuck is at the World Trade Center Memorial in New York City. Impossible not to feel emotion as you stand here at this beautiful memorial. Family members clutching photos of their loved ones that were taken 22 years ago. 40% of the victims of that day, no remains were ever found, including Monica Eichen's husband, Michael. She says he's gone, but never forgotten. 22 years ago, I was happily married for 11 months. He went to work and never came home. And to this day, I know they found some remains recently. I still have no remains of my husband. Remembering lives lost and honoring heroism of first responders. Glenn Schuck for CBS News, New York. At 746 this morning in New York City, the names are read a lot of those killed 22 years ago in the terrorist attack at the World Trade Center, as has been the case in the past commemorations. The name of a Minnesotan came first. Gordon M. Amath, Jr. Adomiro Abad. Marie. Gordy Amath's name comes first alphabetically among those killed in New York on 9-11. He was an investment banker working on the 104th floor of the World Trade Center Tower Number 2. The need to replenish blood supplies are magnified 22 years after the worst terror attack on U.S. soil. The call is out for blood donations at a time when blood bank supplies are still below pre-pandemic levels. We are very thankful for the giving nature of our community here in Minnesota. Wendy Capetz with the Memorial Blood Center says it's especially important to roll up your sleeves on this day, September 11th. 9-11 has become a day of service. And we encourage people to honor those who lost their lives on September 11th by giving back to the community. 
And one of the ways that we can do that is by donating blood. There are nine Memorial Blood Centers in Minnesota, six of them in the Twin Cities Metro. Capet says their reserves are now down to about five days, and they are in the most need for donations of the universal donor type, which is O negative. Al Schock, News Talk A3O, WCCO. And I'm Mark Fry. Testing of the well-based water at Stillwater State Prison this week will determine if the supply is safe to drink. Recent testing by the State Health Department and a third party showed the water at Stillwater Prison is safe and there are no reports of water-related illnesses. David Banke of the Twin Cities Incarcerated Workers Organizing Committee. What this is showing is that there is been a decade of human rights abuses inside prisons all across the state. This is not just a Stillwater issue. This is a facility-wide issue, and it needs to be addressed. Until the new round of tests are complete, staff and inmates at Stillwater will be using bottled water. Elected officials, labor groups, and construction workers want to see the end of the misclassification of workers in Minneapolis. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison says it's his job to enforce wage theft laws, but he also says he and his office can't do it alone. We need to create a culture where doing the right thing is normal. We got to create a culture where your average developer will say, hey, Keith, that guy over there is not following the rules like all of us are. You follow what I mean? Ellison today joined with Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry and other elected officials to urge three major contractors to meet with construction workers and address their concerns about rampant labor violations. In a letter sent to Solhern Companies, Yellow Tree, and United Properties, the group sends a message that while continued growth and development is critical, it should not happen at the expense of basic human rights. Al Shock, Newstock A3O, WCCO. The Minnesota Department of Health is adding three new conditions for newborn screening. Newborn screening is designed to help parents and health care providers catch and treat conditions early in life so that they can be treated properly. Jill Simonetti is the manager of the state's newborn screening program. In Minnesota, we screen for over 60 conditions. She says the three new conditions will be added to the screening process. These are important because all three of these conditions can be very serious if not detected and treated early. She says if it's not caught, you cannot tell that an infant has one of these conditions when they're born. And if symptoms develop, then it's often too late for treatment at that point. Susie Jones, Newstalk 830 WCCO. It may only be September, but Delta Airlines is getting ready for the holiday season. CBS's Linda Kenyon has the story. Yes, it still feels very much like summer in many parts of the country, but in Minneapolis, they're pretending it's winter. Minneapolis is where Delta has been conducting its three-day de-icing boot camp. The annual summer camp brings about 400 Delta Airlines employees to the city to learn how to de-ice an airplane. Then the graduates go back to their home airports and train everyone else. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. And I'm Mark Fry. Brooklyn Center's police chief, who took over in the wake of Dante Wright's death, says he's retiring. 56-year-old Kellis McDaniel was sworn in on June 27th last year and will leave the department at the end of January. According to city leaders, McDaniel's sworn in over 13 police officers in the past 14 months. McDaniel had previously served as a lieutenant in the Hennepin County Sheriff's Office before joining Brooklyn Center Police. A lot of Minnesota parents are feeling a bit of relief heading into this school year. Free breakfast and free lunch will be available to all students after a new law was passed by the Minnesota legislature. Among those grateful 
Christina Suggs, who has three children. Uh, we live in times where there are a lot of things going on, and sometimes kids are only looking forward to that meal. I think we've seen that a lot during COVID. Um, kids were not, you know, having what they need. Um, so I, I think it's incredible. Students will be automatically given a meal and not have to have parents sign up. It's another way of helping the children. Yeah. Because also, too, that leaves room for those kids who maybe they are taught not to tell things that are going on in their home. They have a place they can go to and show up, no questions asked. Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. Finally today, not a good day for the Purple at U.S. Bank Stadium at Sunday's home opener of the NFL season. Minnesota Vikings fans returned to U.S. Bank Stadium yesterday as they were eager to see what their team would do against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Jason Woodrow and his wife were headed to the game. They traveled from Montana. Opening day of the season, it's always the time for hope for the best. It's his birthday, too. It's my birthday, too. <laughs> I'm just super happy to be here with my husband on his birthday and watching football because I love football. Uh, what do you love about the Vikings? Uh, that my husband loves them. <laughs> And I love their new stadium. It's great. Along with the home opener, the Vikings paid tribute to legendary coach Bud Grant, who died in March. Former Viking safety Jeff Wright spoke to WCCO Television. I used Bud as a reminder for myself on how to treat people and how to lead and manage people. He, he taught me so much more than just football. He really taught me how to be a good human being. As for the game, well, the Vikings fell 20-17. to 17. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsey Peterson, News Talk 830 WCCO.